Good evening, good evening, good evening. It is a national holiday. The Couch Potato Sports Report is live to you. It will be live every Friday at 6 o'clock. I'm all better here with T-Bird and Dexter sitting in for the other guy. But guys, we're so excited. The Couch Potato Sports Report is about talking about sports like everyday people. We're not Stephen A. Smith, but we're with you around the water cooler we're with you at Christmas dinner, but we're here to talk about sports like regular folks. So let's dive in. Guys, you excited? Good to have you. Dexter, good to have you sitting in. Oh, Dex, yeah. our producer. Uh, let's talk some sports. There's so much that's been going on. Couch Potato Sports Report. We cover everything from local to national, but there's been so much going on. We want to go ahead and jump into the national. Probably the biggest news of the season, of the year, of the century, is no more Freddie Freeman for the Braves. T Bird, I, I know, I know you're crushed. Well, I know he you're crushed. Sick. He's I just toe up, toe up. He got up. the. He's I, got the am. Oh. I am, and, and and I'm gonna tell you why because Freddie Freeman should have been a brave for life. You win the World Series. You he didn't leave us when we were bad. He could have left. He could have, but he didn't. Okay, and then we won a World Series, and we can't sign a former MVP. Uh, he. He led your team to to beat the Los Angeles Dodgers, to beat a good Dusty Baker team in the Houston Astros, and we win the World Series, and Atlanta's on fire. Nobody else is winning. And then you can't sign him because of one year. They offered him five and 140, I think. They offered, okay. But he goes to L.A., and he gets uh, six and 162. You're going to, and then he, he sent, uh, a deal to the Braves for five and I think one, one sixty two. I think you can't make that happen for for he's still Freddie's still in his prime. Okay, you got the yeah he's he's thirty two and he's still in his prime and you watch what he does in L A. Okay, and then you got uh you you going into you got the DH in the in the National League now, so you can't maneuver around that. I, I, I'm gonna add this to a T bird. I can see now that you are hurt by the fact that <laughs> Freddie Freeman got traded. You do realize baseball is a business. I got that. And Freddie Freeman at some point during the season last year really struggled. And and really if it wasn't for the fact that he did come through in the clutch we can't take that away from him. He had some critical, crucial home runs in the clutch. But Freddie Freeman could possibly be on the downside of his career. As much as you may not want to believe that and may not accept that because you're emotionally attached. I am. I get it. I'm emotionally attached to my team. But, but, but think it. about it. I mean, T-Bird, he did his job. He got us a World Series championship. I think that is... If we think if we're thinking like the Braves management, there it's a business model that really has nothing to do with the individual players. The money that they made last year was astronomical. And they what that showed them, they can do it with any roster. So if we're talking about roster, let's kind of get into a little bit about the projected roster for the for the Braves this year and what we're thinking about their chances of repeating again. Okay. So we you know, we're gonna, you know, we got Ron Lacuna. Uh, he's probably not going to come back to me because he had that ACL tour. Uh, so you're going to have a revolving door a little bit at, at leadoff. Yes. So Matt Olson, I ain't taking nothing away from Matt Olson. The kid we got from, from Oakland, he got, you know, he checked all the boxes. He does. Yes, he does. And, and on the business side of me, I like when we traded for Matt Olson. 
But I hated to see Freddie go. You know, that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm just can you can you really have it both ways no, though? Okay. I know you can. And that's what I'm saying. He's emotionally attached. I am. This is, this is a business. But isn't that why we're fans though? Because we're emotionally attached. But you got to get. They, they got young guys coming up. They're gonna be able to fill some of these voids that are gonna happen without Freddie Freeman's production. Solara, what's the guy? Uh, 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 Solara went to. Uh, they traded him too. No, he was a free agent. He went to the models. I hated to see him go because of what he did. To me, why you don't go back and get that guy to solidify that lineup? You don't already lost Freddie, and I know these guys going for the money, and I know you got to do the business in them. But they still, I think they've still put together a good. Uh, lineup, it's just got to produce. And I'm going to say this to you, T-Bone. Say it. How many teams repeat back-to-back in modern-day baseball because of what you just mentioned? The money that's involved, these players looking for a cash out on paydays. It's, it's not like it was with the Yankees with uh, 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 back in the day that could repeat. You know, and it, it doesn't uh, happen. Uh, okay, but why not us then? What did Russell Wilson say in Seattle? Why not us? We ain't got the money. Yeah. Yes, we, we do. We got the money. They made a ton of money last year. Made a ton of money. Yeah, but there's cap. But here's 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 the thing and the and the the joy and pain of being an Atlanta Braves fan is you cannot follow the game in the traditional sense and and think okay we're going to build a roster good pitching good hitters and we're going to make a run no the the business model for the Braves is all right we may splurge a little bit every now and then but we've got a farm system that's fantastic and we know that we've got young up and coming players that can fill a spot at any time. So why would we go out and spend that kind now, of money? One thing they did do wrong in that trade with Matt Olson, with the Matt Olson deal, they gave up too many young players, in my estimation, for that. But they do have a great farm system. But how many? And to your point, Mo, right now the way teams are looking at it, we need to win now. We're not worried about three years from now. If those guys pan out, and end up becoming great players, so be it. But we want to win now. Well, the reason why the Braves need to win now is because they're at their best right now. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about not just winning the World Series last year, but we're talking about winning the World Series for two and three years. Okay. Because that time is gonna it's gonna go away. Sorry. This is, this is our time from the rebuild. Are you saying then that the way that the Braves team was built before they broke everything up was built to to win multiple championships? You talking about before last, before last they last before before Freeman left the team? Do you think that they were built yes, to? Yes, I think they were. And and listen to me now. Listen to me now. Don't shake your head on me. But listen <laughs> to me. Okay. Their their time is now. So we need to try to get as many titles as we can because the rebuild is coming again in five or six years. Yeah. It's going to be okay. sooner than that. Okay. But look, Matt Olson is a heck of a player. Heck of a player. Uh, 39 home runs. Uh, the only thing that he doesn't match with Freddie is the batting average. He had a 271 batting average, but he had 111 RBIs. Freddie was, now at the end of the year, Freddie was 300. Had a 300 batting average. He had uh, 30 homers. And uh, 89 RBIs because he was in that little that little funk you said he was yeah. in. But look what he did when it counted. I know it. I, I agree. I, and I'm going to give you this, Dexter. Great players aren't great all the time, but they're great when they hop. They, absolutely. They better be great then. We can talk about numerous sports. That happens. But I'm going <laughs> to tell you, I'm going to give you a wild card, T-Bone, that you absolutely listen about this five-year projection that you have that Braves going to win for the next three, four, five years. Pitching and their pitching 
barely got them through the World Series. But now, they if they're going to spend money, that's what they need to be But it's always money. spending money on pitching, always spending money on pitching. I think it's just really a narrative that really never changes. Every team, we hope, is built to win now. But that's just not the reality of the way that the game really, really plays out in terms of building that cohesion, getting consistency, battling through injuries. Um, There's so many factors where every every box has to be checked or it's a bust. Well, the Braves this year, uh, they with the with the additions that they made in the offseason, they have uh they you know they picked up Kenley Jansen. Yes. Who is the uh they got him from the Dodgers, who is probably their greatest uh closer in Dodger history. He has the most saves in any Dodger before. So we have solidified our bullpen. Our bullpen was strong in the playoff last year. It was. And you picked up two or three other guys that are considered good pitchers. They're saying that the Braves bullpen is one of the best in baseball with the additions that we made. And our lineup, I put them up against anybody. Even without Freddie, all right. Having said that, having said that, we're going to tie this segment up in the end. So, what are your expectations of the Braves this year? My expectations are we should win the East. It's going to be tough, though, because Phillies made some great additions. Uh, The Marlins picked up so hard. They always give us fits. But I think in the end, the Braves still should should win the East with, with all the additions that we made, even. You know, without Freddie, that that hurts me. Yeah. But I still think we're going to be one of the top teams in the league. All right, what about now, you, Dex? I, I, I agree that we'll be one of the top teams. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to win the division. Oh, wow. So uh, I think they may be good to even be a, play, a team and get into the playoffs, but they're not going to win the division. So, okay. Hey, I, you know. so, the, so overall, they're going to be a good team and a team to watch, certainly, yeah. in October. And then they extended the playoffs. All right. Uh, what is it? They went to 12 teams or – 14 teams or something. Yeah. They did all that during the lockout. So it's going to give other teams – the Braves ought to be in the playoffs with, even with the uh, uh, rule change and everything. I, I just think we're going to win the division. I, our pitching is going to be strong. Max Free is a stud. He is. Ian Anderson is becoming a stud. And if we can get Soroka back we'll – So let me, before we wrap this up, more, I all just right. got to ask mm-hmm. T-Bone a question. T-Bird. T-Bird, T-Bird yeah. a question or two. When a team lets a Max Free go or a player or a Freddie Freeman caliber player go from a, a, a team, why? what is the expectations or what are the reasons they, that they do it? So I'm going to give you one. One is going to be money. Yeah. What is the other reason teams let players of that caliber go? Because if you think Max Free is going to come here and do in Atlanta what he's done at his other stops, somebody – is not doing something right. So why do you think teams let them go, let players go? Well, now Max Freed, you know, we got him in a trade years ago when he was a rookie, and he he became Max Freed in here. Seattle. So, uh, but they let him go because maybe they on the downside of the career. But Max Freed is a baby. Okay, that's all I want to hear. All right, downside of the career. All right. Yeah, but Max Reed is a baby, so we got a while for that. Okay. Got a while. All right, guys. Nice, nice, nice. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna keep it going. Um afterwards we're gonna talk about oh, I know this is gonna hurt too. Again, more pain for T Bird when we talk about Matt Ryan's departure. We'll be back in a second. So we're back, we're back, we're back on the Couch Potato Sports Report. I'm Mo Better here with 
T-Bird, Dexter, T-Bird, and Dexter sitting for the other guy. We're just talking sports, having a, having a good time, just really sharing our thoughts on our local teams. There's some big news that's happened. We talked about the Braves. want to go ahead and switch gears and talk about another, another loss, another devastating loss for Atlanta sports team. Matt Ryan leaving uh, Atlanta. T-Bird, I know you've got some thoughts on that. I'm going to tell you now, it hurt me. Because <laughs> I was a Matt Ryan fan. Now, I, I'm going to tell you the truth. I cussed him out every Sunday <laughs> when he played bad. You did. But that was my boy because he never threw anybody on the bus. He took a beating for 14 years beating. for this team. And he he should have won the Super Bowl in 16. He did not lose the Super Bowl. The defense did. Okay. Now, the one thing that I blame Matt for is because when, at that time he had been in the league for 10 years. You've, you've got to, if that play comes in, you know the game. I ain't running that. I ain't running that. I'm going to change this play right now. And me and the coach are talking about it when we win the Super Bowl. Well, here's, here's the thing. And, and I think that that's just kind of what we're used to when it comes to the Falcons is we're used to losing. We're used to being disappointed. But, uh, Dex, share with me what you think the biggest disappointment in is about losing Matt Ryan. Well, I'm, I got the box of tissues on the table. <laughs> we got T-Bird, T-Bird right now. So I just want to make sure everybody knows the tissue is out. I, I am not Personally, I, I, I think the Falcons, like every other team, are looking to upgrade and do better for their team mm-hmm. through draft and through free agency. And I think it was time for Matt Ryan and Atlanta to part ways. Yeah. I just think that his time had come and gone here in Atlanta. And then as Atlanta was searching the markets for other potential suitors, uh, Deshaun Watson mainly, the writing was on the wall. Yeah. His days and time was limited here in Atlanta. Now, when you get emotional fans that need tissue in order to watch football and watch <laughs> another player go on, that's something else. But well, I well I, uh, but here's I, it is. I, I really don't. Well, there, there, there's history there, but I think you know. I think I think um, Matt Ryan leaving is a couple of years long overdue. I do. I think that he he stayed past his welcome because of the sentiment. Um, but I think that the, the, the I think yes, but I think that the bigger issue is where the break where the where do the Falcons go from here to be competitive? I mean, who wants to play in Atlanta? There's there's really nothing here to bring in those star power names. So can you really build? a competitive team from free agency, from the draft, when we've really stuck to that model for years. We've got Dimitrov gone. So really, can we not change the way of our thinking oh, in yeah. terms well, of uh, of well, how, we're, how we're picking t- picking members of these teams? And, 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 and Mo, that is absolutely you know, a, val- a valid point. So let me let me do a disclaimer. I'm a Detroit Lions Oh, fan. stop it. So I'm, I'm used, I'm used <laughs> oh, to it. I'm, I'm used to that. You I, are. I you have a dog in the any fight. So the Super, but, the Super Bowl this year really hurt your feelings, yeah, didn't it? Was <laughs> but 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 the thing that I see is that the Falcons uh really have to, you know, there's an old saying, sometimes you gotta take a step back to take two steps forward. And I think that's the position that the Falcons are in this year, is that they're gonna have to take some growing pains, some lumps and bruises. Hopefully they'll finish 
low enough in, in next year's draft that they'll get the number. But look, if we're, but we're, we're, we are so, we are so sick and tired of that being the narrative of, hey, yes. we'll build through the draft. We'll build. It has not worked. It has not worked. So let's try a different model. I mean, we are really deficient in a lot of positions this year, and it seems there's no urgency to really get out there and make, make a splash. I think they got a little egg on their face because they thought they were going to hunt for Deshaun Watson. So when that fell through, it was like, well, we got to do something. So Tell me, are you excited for for Mariota to take the reins and lead this team? Well, I, I think let me, let me just go back just a tick. Okay. Okay. Dexter says we gotta wait for the draft. We've been waiting for the draft since 1966. Where they get Matt Ryan from? Yeah, they got him for the draft, but we've been waiting for the draft since 1966. Okay, that's the year that we came to Atlanta. Okay, but the thing is, Dexter. Welcome to the club, the, Detroit Lions fan. The thing is, Dexter, is that if you wait for the draft, you got to make your picks hit. Our picks ain't hit. They said we needed to get a center. We done had two centers just get knocked into the backfield every time they snapped the ball, uh, except for Alex Mack. Okay. We, we get uh, uh, Caleb McGarrity, the right tackle, supposed to be this and that. He gets knocked into the quarterback every time. Supposed to be this and that. The, the legitimate one we got is Chris Lindstrom, the right guard. We can't go through the league and find a left guard nowhere. He brings draft the wrong the players. They draft wide receivers. What question? My question, do you think the the Falcons are afraid to spend serious money on an offensive line? Because I, I just don't see them doing that. It, it, it doesn't seem like it. I mean, well, you know, when you when you, in your rookie class, you ain't really spending a lot of money. You just got to get players that are good that, that's going to be staples at that position. But you may have to go chase an O-lineman that's on a different team that's playing good now yeah, and, and, and offer them. Free agents that are good. The free agents that we got won't work the flip. And so I got to go to scouting. I got to go to scouting. I got to go to all the people. But you know what? You said scouting. I don't know. You guys tell me. I don't see. I'm talking about our scouts. They're not. And and something has to change from the top down in terms of the ability to evaluate talent and see how they're going to be a good fit. That's exactly what I'm talking about. We're all in agreement with that because I absolutely agree with that, too. I think the Falcons, along with my Detroit Lions, are the worst Look, teams we, in the league. Look, why, why, why are we going to name dropping? Because I'm giving some comparison. I have nothing. I have something to compare to. Yeah. So the, the, uh, the Falcons, though, they've got to improve their evaluation process. That's what we're saying. And, and I'm telling you now, one thing that they did do good in my estimation in valuation, it was time to let Matt Ryan go. Okay. It was. It was. Okay. Okay. And, and I'm invested because I'm I'm like anybody else. When when Matt we get inside the red zone and Matt will throw an interception at the one, I'm I'm like, what what I'm just beside myself. I used to have to go and just take a break after we lost games that we should have won. All right, here let's hit question, and I guess this is kind of kind of tie this conversation in, and that's we talk a lot about legacy. And I hope we're not like the Detroit Lions where we lose a quarterback and he goes to another team and wins a Super Bowl the next year. I hope that's not our narrative. I hope that's not our narrative. But what do you think? And and Atlanta has a history of not 
paying homage and really showing true respect to their elder statements when they passed their prime. Think about um, Dominique Wilkins um, and how he was unceremoniously traded right, right. and just in a disrespectful manner. So how how will we remember Matt Ryan? What's his legacy to the Atlanta Falcons? His legacy is he led us to he, – he did what a number one pick at quarterback supposed to do. He led you to the Super Bowl that we should have won. That was not his fault that we didn't win. He threw for 300 yards. He threw for three touchdowns. No picks. What else can you do? When you're, when you up 28 to three and your defense let you down, Brian Poole, defensive holding twice. That's, that's, that's ludicrous. Uh, missed tackles. All of that. Just letting Tom Brady drive down the field. So, don't blame that on Matt Ryan. He was standing on the sidelines trying to get the ball back. Okay? The only thing I blame Matt for is he did not change that play. When Kyle Shanahan sitting in that play, we're going to pass the ball. He should have said, we ain't running that. We, we fixing to run, we fixing to run the ball and run this clock out. So, so, but Matt, think about the legacy. He's the greatest quarterback in Atlanta Falcon history. He is. I know you got all these Mike Vick fans. But he's the greatest quarterback. He's thrown for almost 60,000 yards. So by the time this season's over, if he stays healthy, what, he'll be around 65,000 yeah. or so. So people can say the one. He going to the Hall of Fame, too. He is. Okay? Yeah. So, but I will agree with y'all. Matt's past his prime, but he's going to go to Indianapolis where they got a good offensive line, a better defense than we got, and I want y'all to look at his numbers at the end of the year. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes it is about the team and the fit. So it may be because of, just like Matthew Stafford, going to Los Angeles, it was Detroit has never had an offensive line. Atlanta's kind of in that same mode. Oh, we keep so really? We talk, we ask about Mike, <laughs> Matt Ryan's legacy. Oh, legacy. oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to make this point. <laughs> but, but, I, but, I, but I do agree with you, though, because – He's probably going to go there and do well. If he stays healthy, he'll do well in Indianapolis. My take on Matt Ryan's legacy is he's probably, if not the best, in the top three two-minute drill quarterbacks in the history of this league. Yeah. And that will be his legacy. Yeah. When it, Matty Ice, when the ball, when it needed to get downfield with two minutes left in the game, he got the ball downfield. Except for the last couple of years. He but that lets me know he was on a decline because he started losing arm strength. And the team sucked. And yeah. the team, he didn't have any offensive line, to my point about the previous team. But but that's why. But his legacy is that two-minute drill. He's yeah. one of the best ever. I and agree. Then he, lose, he lost Calvin Ridley last year. Right. Uh, he said he had some, some problems. I am not uh, taking anything away from mental illness. I, I know that's the thing. But if you if you haven't, and I'm gonna switch over to Calvin a little bit. But if you don't say that, and you letting your team down, they paying you eleven million dollars a year, knowing that you need it. You the number one sitting at the house, the, the number one receiver because we lost Julio, and and then you start gambling on your phone for fifteen hundred dollars, but you make eleven. He gambled $1,500 and lost $11 million. But, but T-Bird, somebody that's crazy, which is what he is, which is what he said, somebody that's crazy. Right, I'm sorry, wrong word, wrong word. <laughs> Mentally ill, my bad. Look, I'm a therapist, I should know yeah, that. Yeah. So, <laughs> ended up with, with virtually no receivers on the outside. Okay. You had Kyle Pitts, 
pro ball player. He was everything that they said. But you ain't got no outside league, no deep threat. I mean, it's just. It's oh, okay. Tough. Well, having said that, let's let's kind of t- tie this conversation up about uh, a question for you here. What are your expectations for the season for the Falcons this year? I'm trying to say it with a straight face. What are your expectations? How do you think they'll do? How do you think they'll fare? Well, I tell you, last year we didn't have that. We we won seven games. I was totally surprised. Yeah. Uh, I just really don't know because we we bring in Marcus Mariota in. He gonna give us that scrambling quarterback like Dexter Walt. Now, right. Name of the scrambling quarterbacks that won the Super Bowl. Anyway, uh, so we're bringing him in. If he don't get protected, he's gonna be a dead scrambling quarterback. Yeah. Five and eleven with the third overall draft pick. Really? <laughs> if we win five games. You know, I'll be happy. They got Detroit twice, so that's probably. Hey, really? You know what? Detroit. We're gonna start a drinking game. Every time he mentions Detroit, we're gonna take it. We're gonna take a shot. Okay, I'll <laughs> Every time, every time he mentions Detroit, he got to put a twenty dollar bill. I'm with that. I'm with that. I'm with that. All right, good talk, guys. We're gonna take another break. Uh, so again, this is a couch potato sports report here with Mo Better, T Bird, and we've got Dexter sitting in for the other guy. Take a quick break. We'll come back and but let's talk some Hawks. All right, folks. We're here on our on our third leg, guys. Y'all y'all are live tonight. Live, live, live. I've missed this. Missed this. It's the Couch Potato Sports Report here with Mo Better, T Bird, and Dexter. Just talking sports, uh, like you would around the water cooler at um, at, your, at the barber shop. I know y'all get live at the barber shop. Just talking about it, like everyday folks. So let's jump into some Hawks talk, um, Dexter. I think that. Last year, year for last, the Hawks were really in a conversation about um, being a, a true contender. But there have just been some lapses, and I just wonder. But what are your thoughts on how this year is shaping up now that we're getting close to the playoffs? Do you think the Hawks can make a deep run? I do not. And I've been privy to go to several Hawks games this year in person and see them. The Hawks have two issues really going on for them. The first one is they traded away some really key pieces that they should have held on to. Yeah. And I think that's hurt them. And they've been injury prone this year. They've been really bitten by the injury bug. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it wasn't for that, I think the Hawks probably would have been somewhere in, in contention. But the East is stacked. It is. The East is absolutely stacked. So I think even if they had the team that they had last year, I don't think they would have been uh, as, as good as they were last year. And I think a lot of it was uh, just because of the sheer way other teams had played and other teams had had issues with COVID and all that stuff, it just kind of gave an opening for the Hawks. And then they were able able to work their way up. And, and they played well. Um, but this year, it's a totally different. Uh, totally different. Totally different. So I really don't see them. They'll be lucky to get into the play-in game. Right. And, and, and now that New York has lifted the, the, uh, the COVID restrictions for Kyrie, so, but I don't even know if the Nets are going to be in, in contention because they're down. Uh, they're going to have some problems too because I think the two teams really to be is going to be uh, 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 Philadelphia and, and Milwaukee. Okay, uh, and and then you got still Miami in there too. So you think? Yeah, Miami still made because Miami's got really good shooting, and I think they've got great defense. But the Hawks are really in in a really bad position right now. Uh, and even tonight they're playing Golden State. At home without Steph and without Clay, and they're favored by three at home 
with a lame duck Golden State team <laughs> that probably will beat them at home tonight. Oh, so wow. I don't, I don't see them going far at all if they even make the playoffs. All right. T-Bear, what, you, what are your thoughts? We suck. <laughs> Say it again, T. Say it again. We suck. That's what I'm going to tell you. And I'm going to tell you why we suck. Okay. Number one, we don't play no zero, defense. Zero. Zero. Zero defense. And that's pathetic yes. in the NBA. Okay, yes. you got Clint Capella. When If you watch Clint Capella, when he goes to get a rebound, he's over everybody's back. Everybody. Nobody blocks out. Right. Okay? And I'm I, I, I'm invested in my teams. Y'all know that. Yeah. So, when we – why do we run a fast break with bogey? And bogey you, goes down to the three-point line you know, and shoots. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of that. The three-point shot has destroyed the NBA. I, yeah. It's destroyed it. There's no fast breaks in the back. Then they got that where you can stop a a, a, a break by fouling guy. By, by the way, they're getting rid of that Good. this year. Good. Okay. We don't play defense. Uh, we don't have another consistent – 20 to 25 point guy besides Trey every night. Trey needs some help. We thought we were getting that. DeAndre Hunter, the ugly shot in the NBA. <laughs> and when he off, he is off. Off. Okay? Bogey. I love Bogey. But Bogey makes, he creates stupid fouls sometimes, fouling three-point shooters. And we coming down and we shooting from the three-point line when we got the lead, when we don't throw the ball inside, we got John Collins. Yeah, he's hurt, Dexter. But when he's playing, we don't feed him the ball. Right. You you paid him $125 million and you don't feed him the ball. He got to get rebounds like Capella to, to try to get his own shot. That's Nate. Everybody, That's Nate. Yeah, wait, yeah, a minute, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute, Dexter. Let me finish. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. That's Nate. I agree. And Nate. Got to fix that. I agree. What are you t- saying to your team uh, during the timeout when you up 15 points and you coming down and you shooting threes? And when you miss on your threes, the other team gets a fast break because of the long rebound. What are you telling your team? That's coaching. And I'm, I I love Nate, but I hate him. <laughs> That's strong, t I love him, but I hate him because he ain't reaching his team. You the coach. You tell them what you want. No three points this time. We got a 15-point lead. We got eight minutes left in the game. I want to go inside. I want to draw some fouls, and I want to go to the line. Well, I think, you know, speaking <clears throat> speaking of Nate, a couple of things. Speaking of Nate, and I think there was um, a hint of, of nostalgia with how well he did taking over last year. Um, but he is not head coach material. He's he not. He, he and he, he, he out of his own mouth, he said he didn't want. He should have stuck with his gut because they. But the everybody's got a price, and he had one. Mm-hmm. But he he's never really had that locker room. He never will have it in a way that a head coach needs to. But, and I agree with that. And I've been around coaching. Okay, uh, he he does not have a locker room, mm-hmm. but he got the money. But last year he had the locker room by, by default, though by default because he was interim. They, they wanted to do good. So he could get this opportunity 
that he was not ready for. They were so glad to see. What what was the coach's that, name last year? What, what, yeah, they, they just wanted him going. Yeah, I think they, they would have followed yeah. the devil if, if, yeah. they, if they needed to, just as the alternative. Absolutely. But in terms of getting Trey help, I think the model is, you know, usually when you have a score, you bring in another one. But here's the thing. Devin, Devin Booker. Um, has been a prolific, probably one of the best scorers in the league right now. Youngest to ever score 70 points. And you didn't hear anything from the Suns for a while in those first few years. He was, he kind of flew under the radar. What did the Suns do? They went out and they got good pieces. They got defense. Trey, bless his heart, he can shoot, but he plays zero defense. And until you become a defensive minded team, I don't care how many points you score, you're not going to win. So talk to me about what areas you see, um, for the Hawks moving forward that they need to fill. Well, defense, no doubt. We all agree that their defense or lack of defense is really the main problem for them. <laughs> Trey is never going to be a defensive guy because yeah. he's too small. That's the first thing we got. Yeah. But I kind of want to give T a little T a little pushback because Herter is supposed to be this other 20 I'm point sick guy. of a, a folks trying to make us like Herter. I'm no, sick I'm, of it. I'm just telling you, he, that's what the whole intent was. But he's him. not. He's not. So everybody wants to do the Golden State model. You want to have a Trey and a Steph. You want to have the Splash Brothers. Devin Booker, they've got a couple other pieces around him that can score. I can't think of the left-handed guy's name, but he he scores the ball pretty good. And and the, the Hawks are there, but their issue is defense. Their issue is defense, and I absolutely agree with you. When you get a lead, pound the ball. Everybody else do it. It makes, they can't do that. It makes they, no sense to me how you've got this slew of big men right. and you're not using them at all. Clint Capella, John, I know John is sick, but there there should be a better way to use these these men down low. Big O? Big O is a bad boy. Yeah. Uh, what, what's, how you pronounce it? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we know you're talking about. The big guy. Yeah, <laughs> big, big O. He, he, he's a nice piece. I think Nate messes up his rotations sometimes. Uh, and then with, with Kevin Herter, okay, Kevin has showed that he can score 25, 30 points. But you know what he does? This is what this is what Kevin Herter does. And I'm going to try to be as nice Say as I can. Go ahead. <laughs> Say it. Kevin, Kevin Herter plays white boy basketball. Oh, wow. <laughs> You does. said it. And, and, and I don't mean no disrespect. But what I mean by that is he be aggressive. When he does that little dribble and drive and shoot that little shot around, Dominique loves that. Yeah. He, he, you got it all night long. You 6'8", six, 6'8", eight. Six, eight, six, You can jump over people. But, but what he does, when he goes up for a shot, what will he do, Mo? He'll be right at the basket and kick it out for a three. He's yeah. a spot up, jump, shooter. Can't that's make his game. Can't make him be what he ain't. You're, that's what, but you got why you got it. Nate's got to tell him if you ain't aggressive, you sit beside me. Go out there and be aggressive. Stop passing up shots. You ain't gonna know what you're on unless you take the shot on. Uh, and don't be afraid to, to uh, get two point shot. Why are we so infatuated with the three? To get a lot of twos. Get you ain't gonna need the three. Get a lot of twos. These guys, they got to kick out. Got a fast break. We're going to come down. We fixing to stop. I got three people open going to the basket. I'm going to pull up like Bogan and shoot a three and miss. So, people, you know they're trained. <laughs> they're trained to run the spots on the floor. I know. They're trained. The NBA, because of fans, 
They want the excitement of a three pointer player. I want to win. Well, that's what I want to win. But, but the they, 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 they're trained to run the spots. If that's your spot, run to your spot. Well, question, I, you, you make a good point, I, and I, I agree with that, so I want to go a little bit deeper. And that's uh, T. Bird and I were talking the other day, and we we're talking about how we just hate watching the NBA right now. It's just not. As a as a sports fan, it's not fun to watch because it's become more entertainment than competitive. So tell me, uh, tell me what you'd like to see in terms of um, the NBA, or tell me what what your thoughts are about what the NBA looks like now as as opposed to what it used to. Soft as Krispy Kreme ice cream, <laughs> soft serve ice cream, whatever the ice cream is. I, again, y'all don't want me to talk about it, but there was a team called Bad Boys. Uh, are you from Detroit? Yes. Okay, okay, like here Bad we go. Boys, that none of that stuff happened, and even Michael Jordan teams when they had when the Bulls was winning, they didn't play. You come up in there, you gonna get socked. And I think the NBA has gotten whistle prone and soft. They they, have, but but that, right. let, let me okay. tell you this now. Okay. Owners have asked for that because they got multi-million dollar investments out there on the court and they don't want a Dennis Fool Rodman coming down and hitting nobody upside their head. So <laughs> that's part of the reason why they've gotten soft. But the NBA is not the NBA of years ago. It is NBA point 2.0 run to a spot and shoot and hope you don't land on somebody's ankle. I, I agree with that, and, and I do. I think it's, man, like Mo said, we were talking, and I don't even like watching the NBA. The only reason I watch the NBA is because the Atlanta, Haw- Atlanta got a team, and it's the Hawks. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just pathetic the way them officials call a game. It's put every night. you The stars going to get – you run by LeBron, he going to get a call. Mm-hmm. Okay? Not – they don't think Trey there yet, so they don't give him those calls, okay? And it's just ridiculous. Big man going up in the middle, and he gets, uh, okay, if you, if you block the shot, I was always told, told if you hit the inside of somebody's hand, that's a block shot. Yeah. They call it five. Right. It's just, it's pathetic to watch. But the entertainment part, I want to win. I don't care. If I'm the coach, I don't care what the NBA wants. I want to win. So I want you to drive the ball to the basket, and I want I want a lot of twos. If we need a three, we'll program a three in there. But the only reason we need so many – just look at a game, Dexter. They'll go up and down the court. If both teams are cold, Mo, mm-hmm. if both teams are cold, they'll go down and they shoot three. Go back down the other side. They'll shoot three. They done shot five shots. On each side, ain't nobody hit nothing, and ain't nobody drove the ball to the basket. No, you it's just pathetic. Right now, the NBA is averaging about thirty three point shots a game per team. It's about the average. It's terrible. So that 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 takes a lot of that out. But I do agree that, and, and I hate to tell you this, it, it is actually carrying over into college basketball. Yeah, where they have gotten really. I seen some calls last night that were just. I don't even know how they call yeah. that a foul. I, I mean, and, and, and LeBron, that is, I do not like LeBron James, not because of the person. I don't like LeBron James because of LeBron James as a player. He, like you said, if you look at him, if you breathe on LeBron, they call it a foul. <laughs> I'm from the old school. Yeah. Hit him. But, yeah, but he knows he's the face of the league still. And he knows LeBron is going to get them calls because he's LeBron. Mike got him. Everybody got him like that. That's, that's the face of the league. But 
I, I'm a LeBron James fan unless he playing the Hawks. Then I want to kill him. But LeBron knows, you know, this guy's phenomenal. You know, he's phenomenal. And I want to touch on one more thing before we get out of here, Mark. Mm-hmm. Is that these guys, LeBron is 6'8", 260, 270. Man, don't be giving me that junk. He just slapped me on my own. I don't want to hear that. Go to the basket. Make the shot if you get a fire. You do if you don't. All the NBA players, every time they shoot, they looking at the ref. They yeah. don't score and because, they're crying. Because yeah. they've been conditioned to do that. Yes, well, have. there's there's a lot of standing around, a lot of iso ball. Oh, there, there, there's no ball movement. And that's, as a as a fan, as a former player, that is boring. The beauty of the game is, the seeing, is moving the ball and driving to the basket and creating plays. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I get it. Shooting the ball from, you know, a certain amount of feet away from the goal and it goes in, yay, the crowd cheers. But there, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing sports like about that. That's just really a game of luck and, and being, and, and being a position player, it's, it's a problem that I have with Steph Curry. Steph Curry is not an all-star. Steph Curry is the guy that shoots threes well. And I think that because, but because of the entertainment value, what he and Clay have been able to do over the years, it's kind of clouded that. Steph doesn't really play great defense. He's not, he doesn't really create shots for other folks. And he's, and as much as he practices and has some, all these videos, he doesn't really handle the ball well. So it's just, uh, uh, it, it's sad to see, especially when you grew up in the air, seeing Michael and Bird and all of them play. But uh, you, you touched on something. I noticed it last night watching NCAA, and we'll talk about that a little bit when we come back. But we are seeing it. We are seeing it trickle down into the NCAA, into the lower level leagues of this. Okay, let's let's jack it up and let's not let's really just play ISO ball and just dribble until we find an opening and jack it up. So we're gonna take a quick break. And again, it's uh, the Couch Potato Sports Report here with Mo Better T Bird and Dexter. We're gonna come back in a little bit and talk some in talk some March Madness. Be back in a minute. Set. Be back in a minute, folks. Hmm. Ten, ten seconds. We're gonna okay. we're gonna. Where's our time been going? How long have we been going? Uh, we ain't quite an hour. It's 7 mm-hmm. 5. We so started about 6 30. Okay. Yeah. So we got like 25 more minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So we're going to slow down or we're going to do the whole, or we're going to finish up or we're going to do the whole hour. I mean, we, I know we're going to finish this, but you want to slow down to be able to. Fill up the hour. Oh, we're, we're, we're filling it up. Yeah, okay. yeah I'm, I'm going about 10 15 minutes each segment. Okay. So. okay. I don't know. Welcome back, folks. It's Mo Better here on the Couch Potato Sports Report with T Bird and Dexter, who uh, loves repping his Detroit. Um, we talked a lot of tonight, guys, about um, <laughs> about about a, a wide range of, of, of news that's out there now. Um, but I want to. We would be remiss if we didn't take time to, of course, um, hear hear your thoughts on March Madness. We're in the middle of. The NCAA men's tournament, women's tournament as well. But I kind of want to know what your thoughts are. Who you think? Who have you been surprised to see? Um, is your bracket busted? Um, what What are your thoughts? Um, who are you looking for? Who Who would surprise you so far in this tournament? Well, I'm gonna start this one because uh, last night, unfortunately, my Michigan Wolverines had to go home. They sure did. And I really had high hopes and expectations. That's right. That's in the truck. It is. Well, Here we well, go. I had high hopes and expectations. My Michigan Wolverines. Why? Because I just thought Jawan was poised 
to really do a good job. That's that's no, that's nostalgia talking. Yeah, it is. I'm like T Bird, T Bone, T Bird. <laughs> I'm like T Bird. I'm, I'm a hometown guy. Yeah, I'm like hometown cooking, and and I really thought because Juwan, because of the suspension late in the season, that they would do a deep run and maybe make the final four. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Now I will say this: if we would have been on last night scoring, it would have been a different story, and if the officials wouldn't be calling ticky tack fouls, yeah, let them play. Let them play, and and so I, I I'm just I'm just so hurt this, this this today about it. But bracket busters, if you've got a bracket that you pick thus far, you you need some money. Somebody right. Need to well, well, here's right I think I think I've done brackets one year in all my time of watching, and I and it and I found myself being more caught up and keeping my bracket than I wasn't actually enjoying the game. The, the whole point, the beauty, the fun of the tournament is the Cinderella's are those bracket busters who you don't expect St. Peter's who, who were they? I mean, they came out of nowhere and to see these teams do so well. Um, I'm really, we, we've got one SEC team, SEC team still in with Arkansas. They may make, make a run, but I think probably the biggest story for you, Mr. Sentimental is of course the Duke, Duke Blue Devils and Coach K and possibly on his way. He's, this is his last year and can, oh, can he, can he win a title? What you, what you say? The greatest winners coach in college basketball. Well, look, he, he's great. I got to give him that. Duke been a staple for years. But if everybody thinks Coach K is that nice coach across the street, he's not. He's not. <laughs> and he's 75 years old. And Dexter, like you say, it's time for him to go. Duke I never don't, said that. Duke <laughs> Nothing to me. You understand? Well, I am sentimental with St. Peter's. Okay. I think that's a wonderful story up there. It is. The coach you played for. Who did he play for? I, think, uh, I forget who, who he played for, but uh, just a wonderful story. And like he said, you know, they thought St. Peter's was going to be scattered a big time. Like he said, they from New Jersey. Them boys ain't scattered nothing. No. Do you know how you got to run for your life in New Jersey? Come on now. Them like you do in Detroit. Uh, we got, you know, here we go. Here we go. They all grew up in the neighborhood, probably in fights every day. But they, you know, he's messed that team, and they are playing. And I would love to see, you know, that story come to fruition. T-Bird, I got a question though that you just said about something that really is kind of getting me. As a parent, if, if Coach K comes to your house, uh, Mr. T-Bird, I <laughs> want your son. To come to the university and do play for me for three to four years, and after he leaves my program, he may be one of the one percenter that makes it to the NBA because I have seen that much talent. And with me coaching and teaching him, I'm gonna get your son in the NBA. You don't respect and admire that, you're gonna turn that down, you're not gonna say that this guy. Is one of the best coaches out there. If he see that in your son, of course I do. <laughs> you know what? Of course he's going. You, you know <laughs> what? But here's but I don't like it. But here's the thing, and 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 this I think is probably something that a lot of people don't like to think about when they talk about his legacy. But the Duke players who have done well in on the college level. 
they've not really transitioned well on the yeah, in the NBA. They they're great Christian Christian Leitner, fabulous, wonderful. Remember the remember the the the, the last yeah. minute shot he made oh, yeah. to win it? Oh, yeah. But we heard not too. Oh, here we go. He played, for the he played for the Hawks and he was okay, but not great. I think the greatest probably out of Duke may may be Grant Hill, but he got hurt. But he got hurt. And and that what coulda, woulda, shoulda. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> What's in Detroit? Uh, no, that's I was, a- nah, I'm not <laughs> I, I was in Detroit for three, four days, and I forgot all about Motown. I, wanted, I said, man, I need to go to Motown. But to your point, though, you are absolutely correct. I, I can't even. Uh, I, I'm thinking of a little guy that that played that's on ESPN that was a point guard. Uh, Bobby Hurley. No, no. Uh, African American brother that was on. Oh yeah, Williams, Will. Jay Williams. Jay Williams. Yeah. None of these guys really panned out to mm, be he great. Got he got great pros. Now Kyrie isn't he from Duke? I think so. Yeah. He's okay. The best player. Yeah. In my opinion. And now wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna take one back. I'm gonna take one back. Uh, Philadelphia player. Uh, oh, Boston, Boston, um, Boston player. Um, oh, what's his guy? name? I'm gonna look uh, it up. Tatum. Yeah, Jason, Jason Tatum. Tatum. He came from Duke. He yeah, came from Duke. yeah. See, that, that just tells you, Jason Tatum is a great player, but I could care less that he came from Duke. And, and another one that came from Duke that hasn't really panned not well is big man down in New Orleans, Zion Williams. Right. So right, there, there have been some. That's a whole nother show. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> They just he he was just gonna be the new LeBron James and it just that's just I don't know he's just I think there was a lot of that has to do with pressure that little young man had a lot of pressure on well, him. You know, pressure and money is, is a bad combination. Yeah, and then throw in they get to travel and, and boozing and womenizing and all the other stuff that comes along that's with true. it. That's true. You know, these young guys lose their everlasting mind and they don't take care of their bodies the way that they should. Yeah, that kid. If he could get his body under control. Now, look, I'm a 60-year-old man. I can't get my body under control. Who cares? Yeah, right. Well, I do, see. But nobody else besides me, but I get your point. I mean, you know yeah, I get your point. But, but, you know, these guys don't they don't honor their body. And they don't realize that this is their money-making. It's vehicle. not all of them now. Not all of them. I mean, but the look, ones that do it. The, 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 well, you spend a lot of money. You spend a lot of money on this body. He's got hyperbaric chambers and he's. That's what I'm talking about. It's something to do, but uh, one reason I think, and I don't mean to interrupt that, but I think that uh, Zion don't want to play in New Orleans. He no don't. Who does? And that's what I'm saying. Everybody that come in, in the, it's, they don't respect the NBA. All they want to do is make money and go to the big market team. But isn't isn't that kind of what what's kind of diluted the college game? Because yeah. you have so many one and done, so one many who are done. just making the stop. But then you got uh, what's his name up there in Kentucky. He telling you, I want you to come there and play for one year. Then right, right. Calipari, what's his name? Calipari. You know the crazy thing. The crazy thing about one and done. Now I don't know. I'll put a disclaimer. I used to coach at Georgia State with Lefty Giselle. So okay. we had this thing with the NCAA that you would lose scholarships if kids didn't graduate. Mm-hmm. You could potentially lose some scholarships yeah. for your years going forward. Yeah. I guess the NCAA did away with that because I don't know how these schools are encouraging these kids to come and play for one year 
and go somewhere. Now they're saying LeBron's son, he's going to have to play somewhere for one year. But this kid is talking about going overseas and bypassing that and, and coming, coming back, back to play. And there's a kid that did that, I believe, last year or this That's year. True. So, you know, the, the, they do have to address that. But I'm going to tell you a story. So I told Coach Giselle one day, I said, Coach, they really need to do something about these kids going straight out of high school and going into the NBA or going to college for one year and going to the NBA. He looked at me and he said, what would you do if it was your son? Sign the line. That's right. So, you know, these kids come from inner city. Mm -hmm. Most of them come from Detroit or Michigan that don't have any money. So it's all about the what? It's about the money. At at the end of the day. At the end of the day. And I'm going to say one other thing that you struck and made me think about something. You know, the NBA, because you said with the Hawks, and I'm kind of digressing here, but I thought about this. You were saying that the NBA uh, is is coaching that's creating a problem. Now, you know, in the NBA, I think almost 50% of the coaches are African-American coaches, right? And and when you said that, and I thought gave that some thought, and we and is it, if it's the coaches are the the hindrance to to some of the goals of the league, are they setting in, uh, uh, African American coaches up to be the fall guy for these problems, or is it because the coaches aren't coaching to that? They're coaching to what the owners want them to do. No, I I think now I said in Atlanta that I think Nate is a lot of the problem because. When I listen to Nate in the uh in the huddle in the timeout, he's not instructing. We need to do this, we need to do this. You know what they say in the NBA? Okay, uh, we need to keep our spacing. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 need to get out on the break. You're not instructing. What right. you need to say, all right, guys, we need to block out under the basket. We need to um, and we need to run the break, drive the ball to the basket. You ain't told them. What you want them to do? I think though that that's the new model of coaching that that nobody's talking about. Is you have a lot of these former players who come in and it's literally like street ball, where the coach is there not necessarily to instruct, but just 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 to make sure to keep things together and 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 and, and, you know. So I I I agree with you, T Bird, but I think that's the model that we're moving toward. Just because we have these prima donna athletes who don't. Take instruction. Well, I think that's what Absolutely. nobody talks about about your boy LeBron James. LeBron James is not coachable. He he's is not coachable. He is not. Well, he, he coaches the team. Exactly. But the owners, and again, it goes to about money. Even though uh, the Lakers are, are losing, they might not even make the play in. Uh, everything, and I, I got one more thing. Don't let me forget. But when people come to see LeBron James play, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. Whether they 17 and 40 or 40 and 17. Mm-hmm. If LeBron is playing because he's considered the best player in the NBA, they're going to go see him. And what I want to occur on is uh, this, um, and I know I'm switching a little bit, but these players in the NBA, that they're taking a night out. Yeah. <laughs> now that pisses did, did me you ever? Off. Did you ever hear Michael Jordan doing such did, a thing? None of those guys. Bird, unless Jordan, he was drunk. Unless none. he was drunk the night before. But. None of them took a night Or he's playing the Pistons where he didn't want to get beat up. He took a night Here now, we I go. Wanna, I want to ask y'all this. Is it fair for a man and his kid, I'm going to take you to see LeBron tonight. Yeah. I'm going to take you to see Michael. Okay, they're going to jack the prices up on the ticket because that, that guy's in town. Mm-hmm. You done paid $150 or $200 a ticket, and that's for 
uh, average seat. Right. To, because LeBron is in town. Any other time you plan to fail because that seat is 30 dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you waiting on LeBron and then he coming out of the street codes and you get the word that he ain't playing tonight. That's not fair. Not, not because he injured, but because it's a what they call it's it. It's a rest. DMP. What they call nah, rest it's, it's, it's something um, else they call it. Oh, uh, 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 protocol. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a rest night. Yeah. Whatever, whatever they call it. Yeah. I can't think of it right now. That's not fair to the fans. That's not fair to that little 10-year-old be it a boy or a girl that Steph, LeBron, Trey, or anybody is sitting out that night and you don't wait at all. You you, you barely got a ticket. Right. So what's fair about that? And how can these players uh, even agree to do that? They pay you because hey, that's your job. You think I can sit out at my job? I'm a, Hey, I'm going to call it. I'm just going to take a day off because uh, it's a rest day for me. Now, you can do that. But you can do it two, one or two, too many times, and you ain't gonna have no job. Well, I think it it speaks to just top to bottom, across the board, and that's uh, the players uh, are in the driver's seat, and I think that uh, they are very well aware that it's and especially as we continue to move toward the entertainment model versus the actual competitive model, um, they know that folks are there to see them put on a show. And so they have leverage to get what they want. And now, right now, if you if you take if you if you hit them where it hurts, I mean, it, if if you trace it all back, it's gonna always go to the money. Absolutely. So if you can hit them in their wallets where it hurts, then you may get some change. But as long as they understand they're in the driver's seat and they control they control that revenue stream, then they're going to continue to get more and more kind of concessions like this. Well, before we wrap the segment up, I do want to say get back to the NCAA. Right. Yeah, All right, so we got we got, uh, we got got Duke is in it. Um, we've got uh, St. Peter's facing off with Purdue tonight. Uh, Kansas is still in it. Uh, North Carolina, which was surprising to me. And you got Miami and Iowa State who are 10 and, 10 and 11. So, Arkansas is still in it, too. Yeah, they, yeah, this is just tonight. Yeah, this is tonight. tonight. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. my pick now is Arkansas. Really? I'm taking them. Okay. They 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 play it well. Right. They're taking them, and and and, and 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 I'm a Big Ten guy. Mm-hmm. Only when my teams are in the Big Ten. Oh, okay. So I get you. If they don't start with M and wear blue maize and blue, I ain't fooling with them. I don't like the Big Ten. Other okay. Right. Even Michigan State, I don't like them. Okay. But I'm not a big SEC fan. <gasps> but I will tell you this: the SEC basketball this year has prepared Arkansas after what they did last night. Except they got for the Bulldogs, except for the Bulldogs, right. we all can see that. Right, and that is a coaching issue, <laughs> right? And a recruiting <laughs> issue, and every other issue. Always about. has been. Always but has I'm been. I'm telling you right now: if Arkansas did what they did and continue to play how they played last night, North Carolina can't beat them. And Duke can't beat them. Okay. So that's my pick. I, you know, I want to see, I really want to see St. Peter's. Mm-hmm. They play tonight, I think. They do. Mm-hmm. You should have brought that bourbon that you said. So. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I don't like to say Cinderella because them boys been working hard all year. Right. And I like the fact that he said, the coach said, man, we're not scared of nobody. Right. We're scared. Right. He said, these boys came from New Jersey. You know what that's like? Mm-hmm. He said, this is just icing on the cake for us when we can come out here and play basketball and have fun rather than 
being in a fight or being shot at. I yeah. mean, not not all of New Jersey is that way, but I'm just saying these boys come up on the rough side of the mountain. Yeah. So I would love to see that that story happen. Uh, again, me and college basketball, we're okay. Uh, I don't just sit around and watch it. The only thing I like about college basketball is women's basketball. Because mm-hmm. I truly believe that women play basketball the right way. They do. I've coached all my life. I've coached guys, and I've coached girls. Girls listen to what you say, and they execute it to a T. But you know what? Everybody don't think we got to play these ladies. I was uh, watching an interview with Sue Bird the other day, and she was talking about how when she first got in the league, she was making around $40,000 a year. And to become a millionaire, she had to cross the ocean and play in Russia just to make some money. And that's what's wrong with with, uh, Brittany Grainer right now. Yeah. Because she needed to go for the money. Right. And that's why she wound up in Russia to start with. Right. But I'm going to tell you, to to your point, I watched some of the games the other night of the the, the semis for the women. I think it's North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, Stanford, and there's one other team left. Those girls play their yeah. heart out. Yes, they leave it all over oh, the court. They do. Now, if, if, if college basketball, men's, women's, NBA, uh, church league basketball play how women's <laughs> basketball play, they would get fans back. You're you know? right. You're when right. play basketball, I absolutely – and part of the reason why is twofold. Most women – can't duck the basketball. Oh, right? stop. So I'm just saying most women. Most women yeah. Yeah. That's just, I'm trying to say it. You're right. You're right. And it helps the game. It and does. Because they're not trying to go right. and power dunk on top of everybody. Right. And most women, now a lot of them shoot the three. Yeah. They're cool. moving that ball. They, they, but they pass the they're ball. They're moving that ball. And they try to get layups. Mm-hmm. And they try to score. To your point, T-Bird. Two point shots. In the paint. In yeah. the paint. And we'll use the three when it's available. And a, a quick reference. Uh, I've coached all my life. I, about uh, five, six years ago, I had a, a 12 and under girls team. My goddaughter played on the team. We had six girls. We had six girls. And this is why I love girls basketball so much. We had six girls all year. Nobody filed out, out, of, the, out of the game. All year. You know why? Because they did exactly what I asked them to do. You know how many games we lost? Zip! We beat all the teams in the city. We beat all the teams in the county because my girls worked their tails off. They blocked out. Fundamentals. Fundamentals. They ran the break. When they ran the break, they filled the lane. So you got all your options. You understand what I'm Absolutely. saying? When you drew an offensive foul, you beat them to the spot. Absolutely. You beat them to the spot. And you played the game correctly. That's why I love watching women play Absolutely. Because the NBA, if you look at the NBA and the college players, they shortcut everything. Mm-hmm. They travel in the NBA every night. They carry the ball in the NBA every night. And it's just it's just disheartening. It is. All right, let's 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 end this uh college segment on the women. Um team to watch, I feel, is South Carolina. We've got Victoria yes. Saxon, who's a local, she's from Rome, so we're rooting for them. Um men's Kansas, don't count them out. They're the only number one left, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're the last team standing, but I'm with you, T Bird. I'm rooting for St. Peter's yeah. and of course SEC, Arkansas. We'll see. Y'all y'all rooting for St. Peter's to win. Why not? Why not? That, that's the that's the beauty of the that's the be, that's the beauty of the tournament is anybody can win. <laughs> so, but let me tell y'all something. Analytics, 
Analytics. Oh, analytics, man. They're not going to let y'all win that. Ah, They're not going to win. I don't care if they're from New Jersey with gunshots every day. The team the with the, the, the team. The, the competition level at each game gets harder. The team harder. with the most heart will be the last team standing. The team with the most heart. The team with the most heart will be the last team standing. And on that note, let's take a break. We'll be right back to wrap things up here on the Cow State Sports Report. See you later. This is great. I love it. St. Peter's is winning. <laughs> Doesn't matter. They winning. A point. 14 13. <laughs> 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 to sadly wrap things up for the evening. It's been it's been great, guys. Great dialogue. Um but I, I, I will not miss Dexter talking about Detroit. Um, that'll be in my dreams tonight, hearing that refrain over and over. But here um, on this last segment, guys, we're, we're just going to be kind of random. Typically, we like to let T. Burke kind of rant a little bit, but we're going to kind of just take some topics, throw them out there, um, and just kind of just uh, your thought, initial thoughts, just quick, and just kind of just wrap things up that way. So uh, we've mentioned um, Brittany Griner and her situation right now over in Russia. Um, do you think it'll be resolved soon? What what are your thoughts? Okay, what I want to say is first before we go to Brittany Brown, I I got just a small little tale that I want to uh, throw Dexter's way. Uh-oh. Okay, one time uh, I was at a conference and uh, and a, a buddy of mine we had to we were roommates for the for the conference and uh, so he told me he said, "Hey man, I might snore a little bit, so if I do, you know, I, I I'm sorry." I said, hey, man, it's all good because I snore too, right? You know, I said, so we're good. We're going to snore it off. So we get in class the next day. Uh, he said, I said, uh, I said, hey, man, you sleep good last night? Uh, he said, yeah. I, I said, did you hear me snore? He said, oh, God. <laughs> She's American. Putin hates the, the the West anyway, and uh, they gonna say she has some marijuana. Hash. I mean, people what hash marijuana, whatever it is, people got that stuff every day, and that's just a way that they can get at us uh, because she's American. Now she went over there, like you say, Dexter. Uh, she can go over there and make a million dollars, and over here she makes maybe mm-hmm, maybe sixty. Uh, well, she probably make more. She probably make close to a hundred because she's one of the top players in the league. But and, and with that being said, they do need to pay these women a lot more. But uh, we need to work on getting them back. I'm I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit because Brittany's no stranger mm-hmm. to getting in trouble. Um, so let's not not in my opinion absolve her from breaking the law. I mean, you're not. Americans, we have a, a tremendous issue with when we go to other countries, we expect the same kind of treatment and we don't really respect the laws of the land. So um, I think that she had to know that what she had was illegal. Um, and so come on now. I'm t- just saying, now that's t- come Dex. <laughs> so, 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 I'm going to take it a 
different angle. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Let Mo finish her. No, I'm gonna go ahead. She called me in. I ain't gonna step on Mo because he, you know, she she might look like she from Detroit. But anyway, but but she she knew. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna come a different angle. I'm gonna come from the angle of the politics of it. And you alluded to this, right? If it had not been wartime right now, and and Russia and the United States wasn't at odds right now. I, I think they probably would have released her. I do not think she's going to get a, a light sentence. I think she's going to do five years. Yeah, they're going to send her off. They're going to break it off for her. She's going to do five years. So, and, and to most point, when you go in these countries, like Dubai, we travel to Dubai often. Mm. You don't break laws in Dubai. That's the truth, man. They cut your hand off in Dubai for breaking a law. So when you go somewhere, you have to know, and just like here in the United States, a judge will tell you this, Ignorance is no excuse. Right, right. If you were there with hashish, marijuana, or alcohol, or whatever they say is illegal, and you doing it, know that you subject to the laws of that country. Now, do I want to see Sister Girl stop stuck over there? No, because it's a political statement. I, I agree. And I don't think the State Department can do anything short of bargaining. Uh, Another uh, person. Some of our captains yeah. for theirs. There's right. three Americans held hostage in Russia right now. Uh-huh. Three. She's one of three. The other two, one socked the Russian police officer, and one they got with him for espionage. Mm-hmm. That they said that was doing whatever he was doing. So we're going to have to trade three former KGB agents or whoever we got to get her out. Short of that, she's going to do five years minimum. And, and But again, at the end of the day, she had it on her. And so it's unfortunate. And yes, it's being politicized. But had she not had it in the first place? And here's the thing. More than likely, she's probably done it before. Probably done it many times. But it's a di- we're in a different climate right now with what's going on. And you have to be aware of situationally where you are and what's going on now, when you travel. Well, let me tell you. What, what I don't understand about, you know, people that smoke marijuana or do this or that. Okay, you know you're fixing a trap. Mm-hmm. Stay in your room. And smoke it to your eyes, <laughs> Smoke it till it's coming out your ears. Smoke it till it's coming out your eyes and your nose. Yeah. Get all you need to get, and because you know when you go to that airport, they're gonna check everything. Right. So smoke it until your hair catches fire. But when you get in that airport, don't have none with you. But, yeah. But most said it though. She's probably done this before. It's not the first time, you know. You don't go to Russia on a test run to right. get some drugs through. You done did this before, right? And I will say this, and you're not gonna like this, but I'm gonna say this, particularly in the NFL. Yeah, marijuana is prevalent. Oh yeah, and, and people they don't they use, test them no more. Yeah, people you probably don't think, and they use it as a form of of treatment, pain relief. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why for pain right. relief, and I'm pretty sure it's probably the same in the NBA. And uh, speaking of the NBA, I want to switch another random talk here. Let's talk a little bit about Mr. Irving. Um, He's back. He certainly uh, made a stance and for personal reasons um, did not join the team. Well, hey, look, you said it. You said it. Um, The most gifted. I love watching this cat play. He is so gifted. He's smooth. But uh, I just think he simply thought about himself. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I just did not like that. Is that wrong though? Because who, who, at the end of the day, who else is going to think about you? I know, but no. you got you, you, you just got to think about 
you affecting other people's lives too. Basketball is a team sport. Mm-hmm. It's not one man out there. Yeah, it's a team sport. Your team is dependent on you. New York would be in contention. Yeah, not trying to get a playing game. If Kyrie would have got the dang on shot, yeah, they would be in contention. Oh, yeah, they'd be in contention. But let me ask you this though: If Kyrie had a regular job, and his job told him, "You got to take the shot, or we're gonna let you go," what is Kyrie gonna do? He's gonna take the shot because that's what they did at my job. That's what I'm saying. Well, but wait a minute, Dexter, because because that's his livelihood mm-hmm, right there. Right. Okay. This he. Number one, he done already made millions of dollars playing this kid's game, and he know, okay, I'm good. So I can take that stance because I, I ain't going to miss no meal. Right. My lights going to stay on because I already got millions of dollars. That's the point that I'm trying to make. The regular guy. See, the regular guy always get the short end of yeah. the stick, and he the hardest worker there is. Right. Absolutely. And, and I agree 100%. But I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to give you a, even a more regular guy. Hospital workers. Frontline yes. hospital workers yes. that refused to take the shot, lost their job. Right. What I didn't like about the whole situation was, and the NBA copped out on this. Right. How are you going to let him play in other cities right, when he can't right. play in New York? That's Set right. his tail down in every city. In every city. I'm with him. And then he would, because he only lost money when he didn't play in New York. That's right. He didn't lose money when he came and played in Atlanta. I agree. So the NBA was at part of that, and it sets a bad precedent for the little man, for the average lady man, doctor, uh, nurse, no whatever. They didn't get treated fairly in that, but a prima donna that's, that's got right. multi million dollar contracts. Two endorsements and everything else, got it. And, and again, basketball is a team sport. We're counting on you as a team player. Bring your A game. We need it every night. And I will say this, Kyrie, if they, when they make the playoffs, if they make the playoffs, because of the herky-jerkiness, playing off, off, playing, off, playing, I think it's going to present a problem for him being injury-prone right. in the playoffs. Right. And I, and I, I think that uh, – Again, when you talk about the little guy and you talk about Kyrie, they they should have if you take his money away in every city, then that's gonna get into his pocket. Right. And and I think but think about pro sports. They make exceptions for Aaron Rodgers, all these cats. I, I just It's about the money. It's, it's the money. money. It's that's never money. that's never gonna change. It's and 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 well, uh la- last thing, let's 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 really um end it off with a bang. I, I wanted to ask your thoughts. Um I know you read in the news last week, um the transgender oh, swimmer yes. who uh did medal uh in in a, a collegiate event. And I just wanted to know you know, what your thoughts are on that particular issue just in general. This is strictly my opinion and my opinion alone. Boys play with boys. Girls play with girls. Because even though he is a transgender, he's that's still a man. And most of the time, unless it's an exceptional girl because of body structure, because of muscle structure, you're going you're gonna to be better. And I just, I, I can't understand why people don't understand that. That, that by him being truly a man, 
Physiologically. It, it, yeah. It, you know, it's it's nothing against them. But you need to be, if you're going to be as good as you say you are, don't swim with the men. Because that's what you are. Yeah. So that's my opinion. Right. So let me let me expound on this a little bit. Now, y'all know <laughs> that I do a, a radio show, too. And I always have to give a disclaimer. These are not the views of so-and-so and so-and-so. <laughs> but these are the views of me tonight. I agree with you. Men should compete with men. Women should compete with women. Now, I'm all for transgender. Let's create a transgender group. There you go. Uh, Dex? Uh, our producer. Oh. oh. The producer wants in. I think it should be divided by this. XX versus XY. Because that is the physiological difference. That's it right there. Right. X versus XY. Right. Okay. Don't so, even call it girl boy. Right. You know. There you go. I okay, like that. Yeah, okay. I like that. Okay, now wait a minute. For the people that don't know, and that means what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't, explain that. All right, so XX is women, XY is men. And so you can't change your chromosome. Right. Like that's it. You know, matter, that is, well, that's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. About yourself. Or yeah. Right. You can't change that. And when you divide those things into do, there's, there's, Physiological results are right. both of those, and they're very different. So people can be who they want, you know, socially or right. whatever respect that you, you want to put on. But when you divide sports into those two categories, right. then that's where we have. It. Yeah. Sex really is a construct. Right. But so when you put it in just those terms, uh, uh, then, that's, then you can have a are you a millennial? That's millenn- That's that bro- yeah, That's yeah, that millennial yeah. thing. But 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 in a, in a good way. In a, in a good way because here here's the here's oh, here, here's the thing. You know what they say after he said that? What? And that is that. <laughs> here's 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 the thing though that I like about that, and that's uh, we are moving toward a society where those those constructs are being reconfigured, and more people are not identifying. At themselves in the traditional sense alright whatever but you take away that construct and just do the simple biology of it that makes sense then it's, it's not about being boy or girl whatever whatever you define that as but what your chromosomes are you cannot argue against that I agree with that but but and I do I absolutely do that's why I was looking at you kind of eyebrow yeah. and, I'm trying to figure out, and, and what I'm thinking about is NFL yeah. I'm trying to figure out if you are a transgender. I don't care if you YYXX. <laughs> if you going out there against a three hundred pound lineman, man, man, a uh, 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 X, and you gonna <laughs> get your head down. But but right now, X, but right now X XX is woman, right? XX is not in the NFL, so that's 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 a moot point. And that's my point. It should not. They should not be in the NFL. Because not even, women should play with women, men should play with not women. Even as not, even, not even as kickers. Not even as a kicker. Listen, say what? Not even as a kicker. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I'm scattering y'all. But yeah. Even a female kicker, I don't want to see her get bodily hurt because you got to admit this. But that would be her choice. That would be her choice. No doubt about that. We know that. But this is the part I got a problem. Yeah. You know, just like I know, and everybody else should know, men are physiologically 
physiologically stronger than women. Okay. Generally speaking. Because of the testosterone, if nothing else. Okay. Bone density. Thank you, Mr. Producer. <laughs> you know you got a good segment. Right, right, yeah. right. The bone density uh, uh, and all that. Weight, all that. I mean, <laughs> the average man is at least, you know, I don't know, 20 pounds heavier than the average woman. If yeah. I'm yeah. Right. I mean, you, if, if I pancake you, Mo, right now, it's which you. I wouldn't do, you might hurt me because I'm old, but if I pancake you, you would feel me. Yeah. If you pancake me, I was like, damn, is something wrong with Mo tonight? <laughs> so I'm just saying that, you know, that's really what it depends on. Oh. If, if, we wait, if we look the same size, we ain't the same right, size. Right, right. Because by being made a man, I weigh more than you. You're yeah. right. You're right. I'm, look, I'm... Look, no, you no, preach in the choir. Preach in, you preach in the choir. I, I, I agree. I think it's complicated. I think it, it misses the point of what the issue really truly is. Um, if you choose to pay, play competitive sports, then you abide by the rules of said sport. And if you are biologically a male, then you should be biologically playing I'm, with I'm biological say males. One point before you wrap this up, because I know you want to go. I mm-hmm. can't think of his name. Sims, I believe, is the guy's name that was the openly gay guy. In the NFL is, is he even still playing? That's, no. my, that's my point. No, exactly. That was my point. Right. This guy came out, mm-hmm. you know, said that, you know, yeah. what he was. Sam. Like, Sam, what, Sam, whatever, you know, Sam. what he was. I thought he was a pretty decent player for right. three games out the season. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but but that guy came out and, and put his whole life on the mm-hmm. line. And I don't know if, if, if I was in his shoes, if I would have done that. Yeah. Now, I know he's not the first gay person right. playing in the NFL, he but he was the first openly gay person. Yeah. And I think it affected his career. Mm-hmm. So I think that you got to be real careful when you navigate that war, those yeah. waters, whether you are male yeah. male or female, whatever you Whether it's right or wrong. Right. You got to navigate those those waters carefully. One more thing, too. The guy in um, uh, the L.A. Raiders. The defensive end, not not Sama, Sama, whatever his name was, openly gay. He came out. Before that, they were saying how great of a player he was. Uh, oh, yeah, this guy's this and that. When he came out, they were still saying, oh, he plays good. He got cut. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's, it's an, it's a non-issue yeah. issue. NBA don't say nothing. What, guys ain't gonna tell me what you got, Dex? Uh, I just, I just want to say whether it's a woman in the kicker because we mentioned this earlier, whether it's a woman in the kicker position or a man in the kicker position, I don't think it fucking lasted. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> all right, folks. All right, final, 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 final word. Final word, Dex. What you got? Final word, what you got? Well, I tell you what, though, I, I, I got to admit, this has been a fantastic uh, time, y'all. Thank y'all for inviting me to come in and sit Thanks for ha- Thanks for coming. I'm sitting in for the other guy. I hope the other guy don't make it as often. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can sit in and, and forgive me for being such a, a, a partisan Michigan fan, but you know, it is what it is. Well, we uh, feel sorry for uh, you, so you're yeah, forgiven. T-Bird is uh, a big Atlanta Hawks and Falcons and everything Atlanta fan, so I think I have my right to be my fan, but it's been great. I, I really have enjoyed sitting in and talking to y'all about this. Yeah. And I just think that if we got listeners out there, tell somebody, you know, Council Potatoes is back on the air. They're back doing their thing. Let your friends know every Friday night, I believe it's 6 p.m. We're going to be out there and uh, just get the word out. You know, each one tell somebody and make sure they tell somebody else. And again, thank y'all for having me. All right. right. Thanks, Dex. Uh, I just want to say I want to thank my lovely late wife Lisa. She gave me this great idea. 
uh, years ago. Uh, I've, I've been able to uh, bring this on radio, uh, streaming, and uh, just it's just such a great opportunity for us regular people to be able to talk about sports, have fun, enjoy the dialogue. And I certainly thank my crew, Mo, and the other guy, Dexter, for sitting in tonight. And uh, if y'all don't know Mo driving tonight, and she driving <laughs> that, she driving that thing like it ain't nothing to it. I'm trying to tell you. So, uh, again, I appreciate everybody. And like Dexter said, y'all listen to us, man. We every Friday, 6 o'clock, uh, Spotify, all your streaming uh, stations. Check us out because you're going to hear some fun fun talk about sports. Couldn't have said it better. Thank you, T-Bird. All right, guys. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. Us Cash Potato Sports Support, Mo Better, T-Bird, and the other guy. Y'all have a good evening. Until then. Peace.